Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. Johnny is off this week, so today I'll be your host. I'm Mark McDougall and I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's Scott McDermott and Record Sports' Gary Ralston, who's currently in Dubai with the Rangers squad. Uh, how's it over there, Gary? Is it nice and warm compared to the horrible weather we've got here? It's, 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 it's a tough life. You can have your opinion <laughs> on Dubai if you like, but from a football point of view, eh, perfect conditions. Um, Rangers, Celtic and Aberdeen are over here this week and eh, you know, you're talking 23, 24 degrees. So it's, eh, it's a perfect environment for these teams to reset before what promises to be quite a fascinating second half to the season, actually. So, we'll largely be talking about the trip to Dubai here. So what is the purpose of this trip, Gary? What are, what are Rangers going to be doing? Well, we spoke to uh, Gary McAllister yesterday, and he was quite uh, emphatic about it. He says it's not a, uh, he says it's not even a mini pre-season. He says it's pretty much just a, a chance to top up the fitness, um, to work in a few tactical bits and pieces, um, and just enjoy a few days with the heat in the back. Um, resetting, I think, was the phrase that he used uh, just before the the push for the second half of the of the season. Um, just a, a chance for the players to get together over over the course of four. Five days and enjoy a bit of warm weather, uh, warm weather training um, before they return for the for the for the the league and uh, league running and the, the Scottish Cup campaign. Um, and, and 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 it's um, a first class first class place uh, to come and do that type of preparation, especially at this time of the year. It's quite interesting, Gary. You know the balance that will need to be struck because when I heard Neil Lennon last week talking about their trip to Dubai, and he did say. It would be a mini pre-season for Celtic, and you know, looking at a couple of their videos and pictures coming back, you no, know, they look as if they're really working hard over there. But the sounds of it, you no know, Rangers are maybe taking a different, a different tack. But do you think that's because of the work, you know, that Rangers did in pre-season? I mean, Rangers fitness, especially if you look at the the Old Firm game, um, no, the, the last game they played, that the fitness looked terrific. So is it just about kind of striking that balance between? No, no relaxing too much, but you don't want to you don't want to work the legs off the players as well. Uh, that's right, and I think both uh, Celtic and Rangers. I mean, the the the, the backroom teams that both clubs can now uh, uh, can now call upon is is quite significant in terms of your sports scientists yeah. and, and and the likes. So I'm sure that the fitness uh, teams at the respective clubs will have their uh, the, the fitness plans uh, planned out to uh, pretty much to, to to perfection. So that when they both return, they're both returning at their optimum fitness levels. I think. There's such a level of science. I know a lot of people, myself included, sometimes actually think that the you know there can be a, a degree of a snake oil salesmanship in a lot of the, the science that's around sport yeah. these days. But um, but I know that a lot of them, uh, a lot of the, 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 the coaches put good stock by it. So uh, I don't think that either club will be found wanting when it comes to uh, the preparation of the players for the uh, for the second half of it's shaping up to be a fairly monumental campaign. Uh, would you look at Rangers' schedule coming up after the winter break? If if they manage to beat Braga in the next round of the Europa League, there's not going to be a free midweek until the split. So is it just all about getting that game time on the training pitch? Because they won't get much of that over the next couple of months. 
No, I know, but they will get time to do what they uh, what they what, what they need to do, and it's all about, I guess, judicious time management, isn't it? I mean, if you look at an, a, 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 a championship, for example, like the championship in England, where I think they play, you know, forty games, forty two games, or whatever, it's relentless down there. Saturday, Tuesday, uh, Saturday, Wednesday, um, and same up here, but you know that's the price of success, and uh, I'm sure Rangers would much rather have a 60 game season uh, to anticipate rather than one in which the season is done. Um, you know, after 40 or 50 games, you know they want to be playing as many games as possible, um, and I think that they've shown because it was a fairly hectic start to the season as well, and I think that they've shown in terms of their preparation for games and in terms of uh, their tactical preparation for games in particular, they haven't been found wanting. There's very rarely, or if, if at all, you can look at Rangers in the opening um, half of the season, maybe the first Celtic game in September apart, that you can look and say that Rangers have looked you know, uh, tactically out of sorts. Um, and I don't see that that will change in the second half of the campaign. There'll always be time to make sure that the players are, uh, are at their, their, their peak performance level and that tactically uh, they know what they're getting against. I think a significant part of this trip Guys, and I don't know if you'll agree, is the fact that they're taking a game on uh, towards the end of it. I mean, when they went away for the winter break last year, they decided not to have a game, um, and they came back. Obviously, the Cowdenbeath Cup tie was was postponed, and they were thrown straight into a, a league game away to Kilmarnock, where they dropped points, and and that proved pretty significant. No, moving on in the for the second part of the season, I think it's important that they've got this game over there just to keep players ticking over. Um, just to keep that kind of momentum going, even though it'll be a kind of closed doors friendly or whatever, um, just to keep them going, and then they come back and go straight into the Stranraer game, which is obviously at home. And no, you know that won't be won't be postponed. Do you think that? No, do you think that is another example of Stephen Gerrard learning lessons from from maybe no small mistakes last year. No, I think you're right because I think coming back and those remember that Cowden Beast game being uh, uh, postponed at the time yeah. said I've heard more about a trip to Central Park than I did when I went and played in the, the <laughs> new camp right. against Barcelona. I said that with a said that with a smile. Um you're right, Scott. I, I mean it's extremely unlikely that the Rangers game against Stran Rar on the Friday night at Ibrox is going to fall victim to uh, you know, to anything uh, weather wise. Um and they've taken on this game on Saturday afternoon against um, Locomotive Tashkent, uh, the Uzbeki team. And I think they've played Aberdeen um, uh, in the last season or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Stephen Gerrard's taking this game on. But speaking to my colleagues that have been here before and have seen Tashkent play against Aberdeen, these games can get just a wee bit naughty and a wee bit physical at times. I yeah. think that there's been one or two times when um, you know the managers have had to have a word with uh, you know rival managers and players, uh, etc., just to tell them to calm down. A local referee as well, who's maybe not always versed in the yeah. you know the, the 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 competitive nature of, of these games. So you know, Rangers have just got to be careful as well that the game against uh, Tashkent is what it is, which is you know more than just. Sl- a slight 
slightly gentle leg yeah. stretch. They've got to make sure that they don't get drawn into any nonsense over the top tackles or whatever can sometimes come. We've covered, Scott, you've done it for years, I've done it for years. We've been to these pre-season friendlies where it should be village green teams and before yeah. you know a, you know, a big central defender decides to try and make a name for himself by going in in a two-footed lunge yeah. and, uh, and and all hell breaks loose and before you know it, there's, um, you know, there's tackles are, are, are siding in left, right and centre that you would never even see in the run of a, 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 of a Premiership game. So that's just one thing that Rangers will have to be mindful of this weekend is that they don't um, allow themselves to be put in a position where players could risk injury against um, you know opposition that can be uh, that can be um, on previous experience. Let's just say feisty. We talked about there, there about this being a learning curve for Gerard to not have the friendly last year stuff. How much has he done that this season? There's been constant noticeable changes that he's made uh, throughout the campaign where he's clearly learned from things that have happened last year. And obviously, there's a lot of mistakes potentially made in January last year trying to throw in Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe right away. There's no chance of any mistakes like that this year again, is there? Because he's quite clearly developing. Yeah, but I think that, I, I think that to... I think that to criticise Gerard for uh, the arrival of Davison before uh, last season and playing them, I think that would be a wee bit churlish because I think you've got to remember that where Rangers were at that stage very early in not just Gerard's management career but in his team building career as well. So I think that what you're seeing is a squad that's maturing and a squad that's developing, a squad that was um, that has been put together with some intent and that probably wasn't going to come good last season, but. Still Stephen Gerrard had obviously looked at it and said that he he would probably uh, get the best out of this squad this season, and that certainly appears to be the case. You know, you look at players that have been integrated in the last twelve months, and I'm thinking in the midfield in particular, guys like Glenn Kamara, uh, Kamara and also Stephen Davis uh, have been two of his most influential players. And you also look at players who are now kind of reveling, if you like, in the the the, the, the responsibility of, uh, of 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 leading a title charge. Guys like you know. Connor Goldson, even Nico Katic uh, stepping in as well. There's players in positions all over the park where you can see that Rangers are maturing and that Rangers are developing. Um, and that's not necessarily as a result of errors made last season that have been getting learned, have been the lesson of those errors has been learned. I think that's more to do with just the natural maturity um of a team uh, you know and of a manager who's now I think it's this will be his fourth transfer window and there's been gradual improvement um, throughout each of them. So I think to give him so I think to criticise Gerard for the for, for, for transfer activity last January I think would be a wee bit unfair. I, I just think it's been one of Gerard's great traits so far but a, how honest he is in his assessment of games and players, um, particularly post-match, but also he's uh, he's quite happy to admit when he's when he's made a mistake or he's got it wrong. And I think I don't think there were many glaring mistakes last season, but there were small things I think that would have annoyed him at the time, and that he stored away and kind of knew within himself that he wasn't going to make the same uh, the same mistakes again. Um, and when you look at the performance levels, the the kind of points total now, they have improved. No, they have developed. No small things like Mark, you're talking about transfers. I mean, even going out in the summer and getting guys like like Greg Stewart, for instance, who people were kind of saying, nah, no, it's not a good signing. No, Greg Stewart, in a way, has been kind of crucial to Rangers just because he's dropped them in at certain points in Premiership games where they might have dropped points last season. I might have struggled to break team 
down, and he's proved to be a kind of useful, uh, useful weapon for Rangers, albeit no, he's only been used kind of sporadically. But I think it's one of Gerard's no real good traits as a manager so far that he sees things going wrong, he holds his hand up to it, and he makes sure he doesn't make the same mistake again. No, I, I agree with you, Scott. And the one thing I would say that now that Eros, Eros Gresda is out the door, the one kind of glaring yeah. thing about Gresda is that he's been a rare mistake in the transfer yeah. market for, by Stephen Gerrard. I think that he's recruited very, very well. But I tell you what I think he's done uh, exceptionally as well is that he's made sure, backed by the board, I think you've got to give the Rangers board credit for this as well, is that he has recruited early as well. Yeah. You know, he's pretty much known when it comes to summer transfer windows or summer transfer activity, he's pretty much known who he's wanted and he's managed to get them in early and that's allowed the team to integrate itself early. There's a, a you know, necessity, is a, what is it they say, necessity is the mother of invention and yeah. with those Europa League qualifiers in particular starting uh, ever earlier it's been important that he does that but I think that the, the speed with which um, and, the, and the, the, the way that he's been prepared um, in, in terms of his transfer activity, I think the Angels have reaped the, the rewards from that I think he's a manager who's known what he has wanted and known the players that he has wanted and he's gone out and get uh, and, and got them uh, and I think that Rangers have, uh, have, 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 have been rewarded for um, you know for that uh, um, decisive uh, transfer market activity On that note then Gaz I mean what do you think of this window because I'm seeing on hearing you know, Rangers being linked with, with players every day different players and it kinda, it's bamboozling me slightly because in my mind, Stephen Gerrard has made these January plans pretty clear. Ross Wilson reiterated them uh, the other day in the, in the Daily Record. Um, Gerrard doesn't want to make major changes in this window, does he? I mean, I think my, my thought has always been this window would be about getting uh, players out. You no know, guys are only getting a game. You're Jamie Murphy's, Greg Docherty's, Matt Polster's, people like that. And if Rangers manage to do that, no, if there is one player, Max, who... Stephen Gerrard feels might strengthen them. No, I would suggest maybe another kind of attack-minded player just to go almost kind of top-heavy for the second second part of the season. Then Rangers might look at doing it. But I mean, I think that some of the names and players have been linked with. There's not going to be wholesale changes, is there? No, I, I I agree with you. I don't think that there will be. I, 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 Ross Wilson, you know, made that clear to us the other day, and and, and his interview that we, you know, that was in the paper, um, is it is a transfer market, a transfer window rather, in which more players will go out than go in, and he's not interested in. Uh, he and Stephen Gerrard has made it clear that he's not interested in, in Jersey fillers. He doesn't want any more squad men. I think that if Rangers do a bit of transfer activity in January, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought in a striker but it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they brought in a striker with a view to be, uh, someone who might become the longer term replacement for Alfredo Morelos because I think there's an, there's an open acceptance that Morelos will probably go in the summer um, and I think that if Rangers get the opportunity to bring in someone that they thought would be his natural successor I think if the, if the, if the opportunity is there in January to bring that striker in, I think that they would do that so that they would give him you know, the next four or five months just yeah. to integrate into the club just to get to know what it's about not necessarily play every week but just so that it would mean that uh, if Morelos goes in the summer which I think is, is extremely likely um, then he at least hits the ground running for what could be a significant summer for Rangers yeah. particularly if 
we win the league and um, and I don't think that anyone can now deny we have a genuine title challenge uh, and a title race probably for the first time in, 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 in nine years um, so I think it's shaping up to be quite a, a, an exciting um, second half of the season and I think the mantra from Rangers at this moment is if it, if it ain't broke don't yeah. fix it The two strikers that have been liked quite a lot so far have been Tyrese Campbell and uh, Mustafa Mohamed uh, neither of them seem like ready-made replacements for Alfredo Morelso, so is that something that Jared's going to need to look at more, or, is, or are these kind of guys what he's going to have to deal with because you're not going to get a player like Alfredo Morelos coming to Glasgow that's ready-made? I'm not sure about Campbell. Why, why? No, I, th- I think Campbell, guys, looks, I mean, the, the, the snippets that I've seen of him, um, no, he ticks a lot of boxes in terms of age, profile, um, physique, um Cost obviously to Rangers if he can do the cross border thing again. I mean, just what you're saying there, Gary, but bringing somebody in who could be a long term replacement. I, looking at Campbell, no, even though it's early stages, he he, he could be a guy that, that might fill that void. Um, the Egyptian guy, I don't think there's anything in at all. I'm not sure where that's where that's come from. But but looking at Campbell um, and looking at the deals Rangers and Celtic have done with cross-border compensation, you know, going back to Moussa Dembele, it's no surprise to me that, that both old firm clubs would be interested in him. For, for although the, 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 the old firm clubs have, have railed against losing young players um, you know, to, to, to bigger clubs in England, they've, they've used that cross-border yeah. A loophole, for want of a better expression, have used it really well. You know, Celtic with Dembele, uh, Rangers with, uh, with 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 Joe Aribo yep. uh, this time as well. And this is really where Ross Wilson uh, earns his corn too, because um, while I take it that they can't get a ready-made replacement for Morelos, Mark, you're right to say that. But nevertheless, Morelos was brought in for a very modest transfer fee from HJK Helsinki, yep. a million quid. Now, you know, Rangers are not going to be in the position to go out and spend ten or fifty or £20 million pounds for the finished article of a striker but it's down to Ross Wilson uh, Celtic have done so well in recent years um, it's down to Ross Wilson to find those nuggets those um, those those rough diamonds that just need a wee polish but if you give them a platform that they can go on and, uh, and, and, and perform and in time over you know a three or four year period earn Rangers good money a good transfer return um, it's, it's almost transfer alchemy they're looking to turn these, these signings into, uh, into liquid gold um, and, and, and I think it can be done but that's really where your recruitment department uh, comes into its own and that's where the recruitment from Rangers has got to be continued it's got to continue to be um, spot on But is that somewhere that fans maybe are going to need to are going to struggle a wee with because even when you look at the side of Ryan Kent it's over £7 million but he's not the finished article so you're not going to get somebody former else so it's going to be very difficult to come in and follow that act when there's oh, going to be so oh, much absolutely. pressure. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I know, and even Frank Sinatra had to clear his throat every, every, <laughs> every now and again. But I think there's a general acceptance from, uh, I think there's a general acceptance from football fans that, uh, you know, particularly fans of, of of Celtic and Rangers that, you know, those days of of going and buying Sutton and Hartson and Tory Andrew Flo and buying them from big English clubs, those days are long gone. Um, I think that the old firm clubs are well well aware of the business model um, of the of, of the clubs and, and what they need to do. And that's 
have to find value at the one million, two million, three million, maybe four million pound mark, and hope that in turn you, that in time you can turn them into you know ten, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty million pound players over the over the course of a few seasons. I think that there's a there's a real acceptance from uh, from from fans of both uh, Rangers and Celtic that that's the model, the successful model that the clubs have got to operate to. A surprising player who was who was underplayed was uh, Ross McCrory. Now we know from your story this morning that it's unlikely that he's going to be sticking around. But do you think there's any chance of that happening, or is he definitely going back on loan to Portsmouth for the rest of the season? Well, the word is that he'll go back on loan to Portsmouth until the end of the season. Um, he's been hampered by injury down there as well. And I know that he's been playing at right back. Yeah, a lot of people saw him as maybe naturally a defensive uh, midfield player. Um, difficult, uh, it's a difficult one for McCrory because he's got so much promise. Um, and this could turn out to be a defining season for him, even if it doesn't quite work out at, 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 at Portsmouth. You know, because it's a, a season that's his first year away from home. It's uh, you know He's getting into a new environment. You know, really, the, the the challenge is there for him to show the strength of character um, that he needs uh, to build a successful career at, at, at Rangers. So, really, it's it's, it's it's down to Ross now, just what he makes of the the opportunity there. I know that he's been unlucky with injuries, but it's almost like, well, there you go. Um, let's see how you recover from these setbacks. Let's see how you recover from uh, when things aren't going well. Uh, let's see your character because that's what you need to. To, to hold down what you're going to need as well as talent to hold down a first team place uh, at Rangers in the long term is you're going to have to need that character and, and determination we talk about sports science but these are these are the things that you can't tell by a by a heart monitor or uh, by, by having a you know a, a band around your arm that tells you how much uh, you know how much sweat you're losing or, or how you know fast your heart is beating these are the these are the indeterminables and it's really up to to McCrory now to say oh you know what I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, the player that, that, that people believe that I can be because I believe that I can be that player myself. Do you, you, him. Do you think he's got a future at Rangers, guys, in terms of getting into that midfield and playing games? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn on it because I look at Rangers midfield now and I think how difficult it is to get in there. Now, you look at Greg Docherty, who's a good player and can't get near it. No, even Andy King coming in and loan couldn't get to the levels of, of Jack, Kamara, Davis uh, and others uh, in training and stuff. But McCrory, he's still young. I mean, he came into a Rangers team that was struggling and I felt that hampered him. Um, I still think his best position is as a as a sitting midfielder. And then I, I think to myself, if, if it was a successful winning Rangers team, um, which it is now, I mean, certainly they're winning, obviously they've still got to get trophies and stuff, but if he was to come into a successful winning Rangers squad, I still think he could be a, no, he could be a, an asset for you in terms of using them in certain games, you no, know, bringing them in certain games just to, just to toughen up that midfield a wee bit. Um, I don't know what you think, whether it's kind of, it's a kind of lost cause now, whether his future is going to be elsewhere or whether he can come back next summer and actually fight for a fight for a place. Well, see, I think there's certain things that, that Ross McCrory has to improve in his game. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his, but I think he can be too rash in the tackle sometimes. Yeah. He commits too quickly to tackles, too quick to go to ground, and I think that that's possibly caused him a, a couple of injuries in the in, in the last couple of seasons. But, Scott, you and I both know that football can sometimes be determined. Your fate in football can sometimes be determined by luck and circumstance. Yeah. So, for example, where... Um, 
someone to come in and there's been a lot of talk around the future of Glenn Camera and, and if Rangers were to receive a significant you know, transfer bid for a player that they picked up for 50 grand from Dundee uh, in the summer and they were de- determined or they decided to cash their chips in there yep. or if big money bids were to come in for a Joe Aribo or, you know, or, 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 a, or a Ryan Jack or, or whatever and the Rangers had a decision to make about those players then suddenly you might find if McCrory he's back and if he's fit and if he's and if he's hungry and if he's energetic enough then he might find that the place in the team is there for him because let, let's be brutally frank when Glenn Camera joined Rangers 12 months ago nobody saw that he would hold down a first team place in such a short period of time yeah. and it turned out to be as influential in that Rangers midfield as he has t- it turned out to be so really that's what I'm saying it's all down to McCrory if he gets an opportunity he's got to be ready to take it and as well as that I don't think you could we were talking about the loan deal I don't think you could really hold it against him if the loan deal isn't great I mean you look at Greg Doherty he was superb down in England last year hasn't quite managed it but sometimes these loan deals are just about getting that hit and coming back from it and it's not always about going out and playing 50 games and being brilliant sometimes you just to develop and grow from knowing what you don't want anymore. That's the point that I was making earlier on. Sometimes it's as much about what you know what you go through off the park as what you what you go through yeah. on it. You you know maybe going away to a club and Portsmouth are a significant club. Don't get me wrong, but they're uh, you know but I, I, I would envisage that their facilities, certainly their stadium, are not a match in Rangers, and so therefore you get a, a you get a life you, or you get a, a look at a life that's not the one that you that, that, that you're used to. And sometimes you know the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and maybe these loan moves can make these young players. Um, acknowledge and realise just what they've got with their parent clubs and if it works, even if it doesn't work out for them at their loan clubs it might just fuel them with a with an even greater hunger to come back with their parent clubs because they know what life is like on the other side of that. Well, lastly we'll look at a couple of players that might potentially leave and also we know the players that they want out, like the likes of Jimmy Murphy and Matt Poster but one that's popped up the last couple of days is Wes Fodrio again, also he's really important as backup goalkeeper but with Middlesbrough selling Darren Randolph to West Ham it seems to be a lot of talk that he might head back down south is that something that you see happening? I, I think Rangers would be happy to get him off the wage bill because he's he's one of the significant earners there. He's had not a bad life in the last couple of years, Wes Fodring. Lots <laughs> he played a handful of times and he's probably earned quite lavishly from it as well. I think he's out of contract at the end of the season as well. So, you know, so it, it, it's, it, it can be a player's market at times. He might just say to Rangers, no, you know what? I'm just quite content to see out my contract here and, I'll, and I'm away at the end of the season. Um, or if he decides that Middlesbrough, if Middlesbrough is the club and if they do come in, I don't think Rangers would be particularly difficult to deal with um, in terms of they'd probably want a couple of bob but they, they wouldn't exactly be, uh, be holding uh, Middlesbrough to hostage on that because I think that it's um, you know it's probably a salary that could be better reinvested in other departments of Stephen Gerrard's first team squad. But is there a worry there though with, with obviously Andy Firth as the third choice keeper came from non-league in England there's not really anybody else there at this present day with Robbie McCrory out alone if something happened to Al McGregor then you've got a real worry when it's such a big title battle. 
Yeah, that's very true, and, and, and that's a fair point you make, Mark. So maybe Rangers might just decide, you know what, we'll, 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 we'll just keep hold of them. But there's also, there's always, you know, goalkeepers are a funny position. There's always, uh, and I think back to when Rangers won uh, nine in a row, they brought in Andy Dibble. So yeah. keepers are a peculiar bunch, you know. There's always, um, you know, there's always those kind of veteran shot stoppers out there that are quite happy to come in and act as uh, and act as, 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 as backup. Um, so I think that if Rangers had to go out and get a keeper, uh, in the January transfer window, I don't think that they would struggle to get you know someone of a of a of a decent calibre, even if it wasn't a, in a short term deal. Deal because I think they, you know, they look at guys like Robbie McCrory um, and 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 they think that he's got a you know he's got a chance there. But um, and it may well be that he would benefit uh, from next season onwards from 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 having a period on the bench as backup to Alan McGregor, so that he can know what it's all about because he is rated very highly. I, I think if Middlesbrough or any other club came in, we are. No, a, a, kind of a real bid for Fodringham in January, just say for instance like 400, 500 grand or something, I think Rangers probably would be tempted then to let them go just to get that money in at that time because you're going to lose them for free, I agree with you Mark it would be a blow to lose him because he's a very good backup keeper he's proved very able when he's come in for McGregor and in terms of the title race Rangers will want to keep him, Rangers have probably accepted that They'll keep him till the end of the season, lose him for free, because he is a, an important part of the squad if you're going to go for a title. But if they were to get a bid like that, I think they would be tempted. And as Gaz said, it would be then down to, I'm sure Ross Wilson will, or, will already have a list of of potential replacements for Fodringham, potential backup keepers that they would then need to go to in January and try and get somebody in for the, for the title race. Right, well, we'll leave it there for today. Let Gary go back to enjoy the Dubai sunshine. I'm pulling my, I'm pulling my leopard skin speedos and head back to the, uh, head back to the pool, shall oh, I? Oh, what I thought. What uh, an image that conjures up. All of a sudden, I'm glad I'm still in Glasgow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us this week on the Record Rangers podcast. If you like this, please rate and review us. And we'll be back next week with all the latest news from Rangers. Use your mind, use your mind, let your mind, use your body